If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. I'm Russell Mills, and this is KRMG In-Depth, the podcast. In 2017, a lawsuit was filed by the Oklahoma Public Charter School Association seeking to alter the funding formula for public education in Oklahoma. A proposed settlement to that lawsuit was voted on and adopted by the state school board March 25th of this year over the strenuous objections of both the state superintendent and the board's own legal counsel. Now, local school boards across the state are gearing up for legal action again, this time against the state board. Recently, I had a chance to talk with the state superintendent of public instruction, Dr. Joy Hoffmeister. Here's our conversation in its entirety and unedited. Thanks for listening. We are on with uh, Dr. Joy Hoffmeister, superintendent of uh, public instruction in the state of Oklahoma. I mean, I remember first meeting you. Uh, do you remember this? Uh, we were at Jenks High School, I think, and you were running for state superintendent. I do. I do remember that. And my goodness, that would have been 2013, 14. Yeah, I'd been in there. the station a couple <laughs> years. And, and you were, and you told me at the time you were a teacher. So I guess I'm, I'm doing this by sort of way of background is that, you, sure. you know, you didn't come to this through politics. You came to this position through education. Yes. Yes, that's right. And um, also... Uh, had a perspective as a mom of four kids that are now grown. So at the time, I still had one in high school, um, but definitely uh, also as a teacher and seeing lots of kids in schools and um, working with parents. And getting ready some of these, one of these days to be a grandparent maybe. And, one of these days. Go through that yes, whole thing again, which so. is kind of what I'm doing now. So <laughs> let me just tell you this. The, the educational system in Oklahoma seems to be in just at this constant state of chaos. Us. And the three years ago, you know, teachers walked out and we and the state kind of seemed to rally and things seemed to gel a little bit. And then we had what happened at the at the state board the other day. And I, you know, um, I, I'm just going to let you tell me what you think is going to happen next. Yeah. Well, and so just to kind of give some background, of course, we had in 2017, there was a lawsuit filed by the Charter School Association, and they filed that lawsuit against the State Board of Education, wanting them to um, provide more funding in a different way to charter schools. The bottom line is that did not go anywhere, and it was on its way to summary judgment, um, and it, it also was at a time where Tulsa Public Schools and Oklahoma City Public Schools, the two districts that have sponsored charters, um, were allowed by the judge to intervene in the case. And that was done by design to help them be a part of the settlement, any future settlement, if there, if there would be one. 
but then the pandemic hit. And literally, the last time we had been in court was just before um, the, the closure of schools last March. And then uh, everything was um, silent. We've all turned our focus on those students and keeping our uh, school personnel and families um, safe as possible and um, working to connect with our students. And um, there's really not been a lot that's happened since um, then. Um, then we have a new board member to the State Board of Education. And just a reminder for, for those listening, um, the governor appoints the State Board of Education members, and they serve at his pleasure. So if, if they vote a way he doesn't approve of, he, he yanks them from the board and puts someone else in. Um, and I am the only member of the State Board of Education who is not – uh, appointed by the governor. And uh, again, I'm elected by the people. So I represent that independent voice um, representing the people. And um, one of the board members just asked, would you um, put this on the agenda for an update since he is new? And uh, we did, just like we've done um, in years past, um, month after month, and just put it on. And um, lo and behold, uh, right before the board meeting, um, the night before, there was a settlement offer that came in, and uh, it was not something we could do because it violated the Constitution and state statute. Um, and then we, you know, that's shared and um, come out of executive session, and this board member made a motion to accept the settlement, and there were a uh, total of four votes, which is all you need, um, and it happened. And, of course, I made a point in public of saying before that vote count that this, does, this violates the Constitution for different reasons, as well as state statute about charter school funding. But that's not a statement against families or kids who are in school, in public charter schools. Um, we want them to be funded. It just has to be done um, the way the laws say. And so can you, and, and I realize you, you didn't just make up this opinion. You consulted right. with your legal counsel and they said, nope, you can't do that. And they okay. went ahead and did it anyway. And, and I'm not mischaracterizing exactly right. this, right? That's exactly right. Because I heard, I've heard what you said to the yeah. school board. <laughs> we yeah. can't do this. Don't, I'm, I'm urging you not to do this. Okay. So, I mean, that so many questions, I don't even know where to start, but you made the point that the governor didn't like the way things were going on the school board, so he took some folks off, put other folks on. That's within mm -hmm. his purview as governor. It is. But the timing right. is seems, you know, per particularly poignant here to me, and, and also my understanding is one of the members of the school board that voted in favor of this actually sits on the school board of a charter school uh, that would... It yes. probably benefit from, you know, additional funding. Am That's I wrong? That's correct. That's correct. And that was not seen as a conflict of interest? That person's still allowed to vote? Uh, I, I would not have if I had been in that position. Understood. But Understood. I, right. Yeah. So, so what does happen next? I mean, if, and, and can you give us any specificity about why this is um, unconstitutional? Yeah, so it's really pretty pretty simple. First of all, um, related to state statute in the Charter School Act, uh, charter schools cannot levy a tax and they cannot issue bonds. Um, therefore, they cannot build a building with 
um, there's not funds to do that. That is unless it comes from the general appropriated money from the legislature. And everyone in Oklahoma starts with their local tax base, and then um, all those those schools um, receive additional state support to get everyone to an even level. And um, so some schools receive more and some less. Charter schools receive 100% from the state because they don't have local tax base. Now, um, the virtual schools are also included in this. And statewide virtual schools are in all the different counties. Um, And where it gets into a constitutional conflict is when you and I go to the polls and we vote um, on any kind of increase in taxes um, at the local level, there's um, our ad valorem statement that comes, and you see your local school district on there, career tech, but you don't see um, other counties represented. And what this would have done is invaded that tax base that was voted on by the people for a certain purpose and take a portion of that um, without their knowledge and vote and and distribute that to um, for-profit management company um, in the for-profit charter school world um, or to um, all these different counties in the state. And so that's the constitutional conflict. Okay, it's local so dollars have to stay local. Got you. So my tax dollars could be supporting a charter school in, I don't know, Weatherford or Alfalfa, right. whatever, without that's me that. even knowing. Right. That's okay. exactly it. That and makes then sense. The, the statute is very clear that charter schools cannot levy a tax. So there's a conflict there as well. So they, they can't even um, say we, we will go to the voters and ask. It's, it is strictly prohibited, and that law passed in 2006. So we circle back to the what happens next question. Yeah. So um, first of all, state school board members shouldn't be doing the job of the legislature. They don't pass laws. That's in the legislature's purview. And so the next step would be either through the courts or through the legislature. And they are in session right now, and they are looking at a way to help support uh, those charter schools that do have um, fewer dollars that they can spend for their facilities. And I think that's a reasonable uh, ask. But it needs to be new money. Um, we, we, and it needs to be in a way that the legislature permits, allows, and funds. And uh, I know that there is some um, work that legislators are asking us about. Tell us about this figure or that so that they can come up with a solution. But again, that, that solution is not, it doesn't exist right now. So um, it, it needs to, uh, if that's how they want to answer it. And then the second opportunity is for this to be addressed still in that same lawsuit. The suit hasn't been dismissed. It has, um, there's been a, a, a legal, what's called a cross-claim uh, by one of those um, Oklahoma City Public Schools. And I understand there are other uh, public schools that have passed resolutions to enter into um, a, a, um, a lawsuit with legal action to challenge this, um, to, to really um, speak for their um, local tax dollars and represent their communities. I think I heard, was it Sand Springs? Yes. And I want to say um, Yukon 
and a third one, Lawton, maybe. I'm not sure, but yeah, yeah. I heard I heard th- three three districts had at least gone to their school boards and said this is happening. Yeah, we're and, we we would like to perhaps seek you know legal redress, and um, I don't know that anybody's actually voted. Go go ahead. Right, and 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 there are some other schools as well. And what we hope happens is that we don't have to put our focus. Uh, when, anytime someone's in um, education, the last place you want to be is in court. Um, the focus really needs to be back on solving real problems that we have that need to be addressed. Not not taking action that creates new ones. And so, um, um, unfortunately, this is something that has happened and. Uh, either the legislature or the courts will resolve it. But the focus that I want to always try to um, uh, recenter that that attention is around Oklahoma kids, Oklahoma students, those who are serving in schools. Uh, We know we are pulling through this pandemic. We are in the tunnel. We see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, We believe we're coming to a point where things are going to get better, yet we will still have arguably the greatest challenge in education in modern history that lies before us. And our focus has to be on this unfinished learning and supporting our kids who have been disconnected um, or, you know, through either virtual or on online remote learning um, through um, whether it's disruptions due to quarantine or or a, a choice a parent made that they wanted their children to be in virtual all year this year, there's a lot of social-emotional connection that needs to be restored. Uh, so we know we have a lot of work to do. So when you say the greatest educational challenge ever, you're talking about, you know, playing catch-up ball with... Uh... I really am. We're talking about kids often that uh, have, in Oklahoma, we know a lot of children have suffered uh, trauma, um, ne- neglect, abuse, and um, they have um, higher issues related to um, being able to uh, feel that uh, the walls come down and they can um, focus on academics. And so we know that's only been exacerbated by the pandemic and not being together in what, for some students, their safe place is the school. And uh, that connection has been tough. Now, we also know a lot of kids uh, are missing out on that kind of um, strong education that, that they receive when you're in elementary or in middle school and high school with mathematics. So we're going to be rolling out a plan for how can we restore, rebuild, and rebound. And that's, that is coming in uh, the next few weeks as we think about um, meeting the needs of kids with a lot of these federal dollars that are coming into the state to help support them. Wow. Well, um, hopefully you'll keep me the loop on all that because that, sure that sounds interesting. And that sounds like a, a tough nut to untang- uh, not to untangle. I mean, um, there's a lot of moving parts there. But l- let's circle back for a second. Sure. Have you spoken directly with Governor Stitt about, you know, that board decision, the, you know, the appointments, any of, of the, you, certainly you must have had a conversation at some point. You know, I meet, um, over the last three months, I've been asking to meet, and we actually did meet um, last week and are really looking at what um, our perspective is on some of these issues. Of course, uh, we don't see eye to eye on this, and that's uh, his prerogative, but we 
we are looking forward to some kind of resolution, and hopefully that won't be in the courts. So are, are you hopeful? Do you think that we can, that the legislature can, you know, um, sort this out? Or do you think that we end up, I mean, because when I spoke with Dr. Gist recently, he's the, of course, the superintendent here yeah. in Tulsa, she was like, what, what we don't have is the, the time, the money, the resources. I mean, the attention, it, right. takes every, it takes all that focus away from what kind of like the point you were making earlier. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I am optimistic. Um, I am pressing for a solution, and I think that we certainly need to be able to provide all kids in Oklahoma public schools, and frankly, all kids, whether they're going to a private uh, school uh, as well. We all have had learning loss disruption due to the pandemic. Um, but, you know, of course, in my role as state superintendent of public instruction, kids in public schools are my focus. And I want very much to see everyone, all hands on deck, uh, minimize distractions, and um, I, we're having some productive conversations with the legislature, and, you know, the devil's in the details. And so uh, we're, we're doing a little uh, bit of, uh, I'm sure there'll be some uh, arm wrestling uh, uh, in the coming weeks, but we definitely know that uh, we're going to press our point that we've got to solve this once and for all, and let's do that the right way in the legislature. Measure twice, cut once, right? So yeah. uh, um, we're about out of time. Boy, in fact, I'm probably going to overtime. But let me just ask you one more question. What would your, you know, what would that solution look like to you? If you could just sit down and write it out and say, okay, guys, <clears throat> pass this, and I think we're good for now. How would that, yeah. what would it look like? Well, if we're talking about this particular issue right now, I think there could be a uh, there a dedicated um, building equalization fund that would include some of these um, brick-and-mortar charter schools so that they have some resources that come over and above what comes in the funding formula for instruction. And then those dedicated resources um, would be filled by the legislature through some kind of um, revenue stream so that they could count on those. And it's not just charter schools. Some of our smaller school districts don't receive as much in that fund either, and I'd like to see them included in that. Because in a rural area, there just aren't as many people, therefore not as much tax money, therefore not as, right. as much ad valorem tax to distribute That's to right. education. I mean, it's just it's math, it. which That's I learned it. in high school. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So the principle around trying to get kids what they need, I think we all can agree on that. Now we just need to keep conversations and dialogues open and uh, get to some solutions. And we're going to press that uh, and not take our eye off the ball. This is about kids. All right. Dr. Joy Hoffmeister is superintendent of public instruction for the state of Oklahoma, has served in that role for years and uh, is always very generous with her time and always answers questions. So thank you very much for your time. Is there anything else you want to add before we wrap up, Joy? Oh, I appreciate it. No, thank you so much, Russell, and thanks for your attention on this issue. It is my job and my pleasure. So we'll talk again, hopefully much sooner than we did this last time. Absolutely. All right. Thank you. Take care. Bye. You've been listening to KRMG In-Depth, the podcast. I'm always looking for stories about the people, places, and politics of Oklahoma. I'm easy to find on Facebook, or you can always email me and the entire KRMG News Team. The email address is news at krmg.com. I'm Russell Mills. Thanks for the listen. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. 
But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. You know you Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.